Welcome to the Minority Reports Podcast with your hosts, the Cougar and the Aggie, where we discuss our journey to financial independence and also share tips on investing, saving tactics, and interview people who have hashtag made it in America. We're not certified professional financial advisors. We're just two really cool guys that have done a lot of research on these topics. Welcome to the Minority Reports Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, the Cougar. And I'm the Aggie. And just to recap, last episode we talked about uh, how to prevent student debt. Things to do so that you don't end up in student debt. And most of us probably didn't do any of that. And now we have student debt. So if you have student debt, this episode is for you because this episode is all about things to do now that you have student debt. Congrats, by the way. You graduated. Yay! (laughs) But now, like the Cougar was mentioning, you graduated, you have these student loans, you're trying to pay them off, you've been paying them off, Mm -hmm. and it seems like just They're still there. <laughs> Never-ending spiral, just despair. So today we're going to talk about what, you know, some of the options you have um, towards knocking some of that down and different approaches you can do. So, And we, we uh, apologize. We realize we haven't been really posting frequently. We took about a month's worth of a hiatus. Pretty much. Hurricane Harvey devastated Houston. That's not 100% of the reason why we haven't been posting. Uh, September was a month full of travels for both the Cougar and the Aggie. I went to Florida for work. We had our sales conference for my company. So I was out for about a week. And then the Cougar uh, went and explored foreign lands across Across the vast and mighty ocean for about two weeks or so. So, Where'd you go? Uh, Germany, Austria, Italy, and Switzerland. Look at you. Yeah, the internationally known cougar now. <laughs> How'd you like it? Fantastic. Really changed my whole perspective on everything, to be honest. And that's uh... the most cliche answer anyone can ever give, but it's... Hands down, 100% the truth. It's the travel bug, man. Gets you every time. I think it's probably better that it bit me now as opposed to my earlier years. So, two things. You said it changed your mind, your perspective. How did it change? Oh, wow. Put me on the spot. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Uh, One is just, um, I guess, like resourcefulness. Over there, they use everything to the last drop here there's people who eat chicken wings and leave meat on them (laughs) blasphemy and then um you know i've I've never really been close-minded to other cultures but it's it's so incredibly unique to see so many different cultures coexisting in one place like here you know in houston we're pretty diverse too, but in, I mean, in other places across the U.S., I um, we both travel domestically. Mm-hmm. We go, and we probably stick out. 
and over there it was I kind of got the, like that whole diverse vibe that I get here over there in some of these places you got like especially in Switzerland that was French Italians uh, Germans just Austrians just everybody in one it's like cultural multiply I loved it nice I always thought, you know, because Europe are different countries, obviously. Um, but if we saw the U.S. as different countries, so each state was a different country, then would it kind of be more diverse? Ooh. Because in Texas, you have people that live, were from Florida, California, you know, New York. If we saw it that way. Look at you. I just, you know. So deep. But I, I always thought about it. I mean, I guess it would be. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we have. I mean, own... we have always been like south versus north. You know, we're from the south, and then up north, the Yankees are different. It's much more evident in our <laughs> rap history. Obviously, <laughs> east versus west coast. Yes, uh, I think that's that's a valid way to look at it. Honestly, I mean, we do have our own dialect. I lived up north for a few years, and people yeah, would literally ask me, hey, do you ride a horse to school? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I've been asked that before, too. Um, but anyways, back to the topic at hand. Um, so, yes, you're in debt now. What do you do? So, we wish we could tell you you have many options. Which we did a lot of research. We, we try to find, you know, a lot of options for our listeners. And we got it down to three. So, congratulations. <laughs> we narrowed down your search. Uh, so, basically, it pretty much comes down to, um, so, student loans are federal and private, right? So, you can do option number one, federal loan consolidation. So basically, this is taking X amount of loans, right? And then uh, with their, all their varying amounts and their varying interest rates and just bring them down and bundling them together to create one massive and mighty loan with one interest rate. So what happens is essentially this new interest rate is composed of like a weighted, it's weighted based, a weighted average in a sense. So depending on what amount with, with one interest rate in your previous, I don't know, five interest, I mean, five loans that you had, it, it makes it like, a, yeah, I guess, I mean, that's the best way to put it, a weighted, that's a weighted interest rate. So basically what you're saying is, if you had five loans and you know they varied interest rates, um, four percent, four percent, and you had two that were at five, and one at five point five, it wouldn't be like adding up all five and dividing them by five, and then that's your new interest rate. No. So it'd be based off you know your five point five percent interest rate. You might have the most, you know, if you had twenty thousand dollars of student debt. And you had ten thousand in that five point five. That one's obviously going to be weighted a little higher than if you only had a thousand dollar loan at four percent. Exactly. Okay. 
Thank you, Aggie, for further clarifying that. No worries. You put it so eloquently. Why, thank you. Okay, so what that does, though, is that your new weighted interest rate is rounded up to the nearest one-eighth of 1%. So, for example, if you had, like, five point two percent it would be rounded up to 5.25 okay so that's something to take into account whenever you start thinking about hey is federal loan consolidation the thing for me aside from that there are programs like uh federal loan forgiveness right correct so let's say some of them require you to make certain amount of payments right maybe like 100 120 payments before your loans can be forgiven let's say you're 20 payments in you decide that you want to consolidate these loans right all that progress is erased oh wow yeah so at that point you have to start over if you can start over and so that's another thing to keep in mind in case you want to consolidate your loans. Another one, you, depending on the loans that you had, you might lose some access to certain like repayment programs that are out there available. That may or may not affect you so much depending on the loans that you have. But before you decide that consolidating loans is the thing to do, check into that. And another one that can potentially be devastating, if you have an unsubsidized federal loan, when you consolidate any interest that you had previously to consolidation, gets added to your new principal. So in a sense, you're on your new consolidated loan, you'll be paying interest on top of the interest. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. And it's, that's kind of compared to subsidized versus unsubsidized. Because, you know, in school, usually for most student loans, you don't have to start paying until six months after you graduate. The unsubsidized actually starts accruing interest while you're in uh, college. And that's that interest that would be added to the loan amount that you have in case you did decide to consolidate. Um, and like you said, interest on top of interest. So that's like compound interest, but in the wrong way. Exactly. And not a good thing. You probably want to pay that off before you decide to consolidate. At least just pay off the accrued interest. Uh, that way you're not paying it twice. So that was, you know, federal loan consolidation. You also have the option of? Uh, refinancing. But the other one thing I wanted to touch on uh, for the federal consolidating, it is the weighted average like uh, interest rate, like you were saying. But does it help you like save any money? It really does not lower your interest rate or save you any money, honestly. It just takes so many loans and makes them one. Mm -hmm. So instead of making five different payments to five different, you know, loans that you're doing, you just make one payment to 
Yes, and honestly, you might end up paying more because with the new interest rate, it is rounded up to the nearest one eighth. Mm -hmm. So that and if you decide to now do it for twenty years or thirty years, whatever you decide to do it for, however long you'd be making more payments. So in the long run, you might end up paying more interest rate. Yes. So I mean, it's it's unique to every person, right? Uh, so definitely, that is an option. That's what we're discussing today. Are the options? Uh, we would advise all of our listeners to really thoroughly research if these options are for them. Correct. So then the number two was uh, you do have the option of refinancing, which if you've seen the commercials, I think SoFi is the one I always see on either on social media or on TV. They are everywhere. I know. Uh, which I didn't even know was a thing Until when we're going to school. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I knew you could get student loans, but I never thought you could refinance so I don't know that's something fairly new or it's always been out there but this one unlike the consolidation you can save money um, because you do potentially have the opportunity to lower your interest rate or even lower your monthly payments depending on basically what you do is the loan that you refinance is based on your credit score so hopefully you're out of school now you know, you're working, you have an income. Steadily building good credit. Mm -hmm. So mostly for refinancing, you hopefully have above a 700. Um, and that's kind of what they look for whenever you're refinancing. And depending where you're at, you can get different uh, interest rates for your loans. And same thing, like the consolidating, you can do it a 10-year loan, a 5-year loan, or you know, a 20-year loan, uh, depending on what you're looking for. Uh, to help you out. So that is one of the main differences is that this one does give you the opportunity of saving money, but you also got to think about what you're losing. So through the federal stu student loans, you do have some programs available, you, uh, available to you if you didn't know. So they do have some programs, one of them being the income based repayment plan, okay. also known as an IBR. And they've got several. They've got another one, uh, pay as you earn. Basically, the different programs of you graduated, you're working, and maybe you're not earning as much as you thought you were going to earn. So these programs, if you qualify and sign up for, they're basically based on what your income is. And then they take a percentage of that. So if you have, you know, higher student loans, but you're only making, you know, maybe 30, 40 because you're either interning or you're doing like an entry program or something, um, if you sign up, they'll base it off of what your income is. And one of them was like 10% of uh, your income. So now your payments might be a little less than your minimum payments that you're paying now, or they might be a little higher just depending on where it falls. Okay. But these are all programs designed for, you know, maybe right now you're working and you have making a good salary, but then, you know, five years down the road, you end up getting laid off and you're having trouble finding work. It's easier to get into these programs and work with the federal government on repaying those loans. Once you decide to refinance, then you're going to a bank or a lender like SoFi or whoever you decide to go to. So once you make that switch, there's no more asking. The there's federal. no more asking the government or being able to go back and try to work with those programs. Like once you switch, you lose those opportunities. So, and they do have, you know, flexible payments. The federal government does in case you do get in a situation like that. 
Which some of the banks do offer that as well. You just got to make sure uh, if you do plan on refinancing, really looking into the company, you're going to choose to see how they go about if something were to happen and how they work with you. Because as we know, different banks, customer service levels are a lot different. So (laughs) (laughs) some might be really great and some really just see you as a number and that's all they see. That's true. So I did do... um, an example, I did have a friend that I reached out to to see if we could get some of their um, student debt and the interest rate that she's at, um, just so we can kind of compare to see if, you know, if she decided to refinance, would it save her any money or would it not? So she's got a total of eight student loans Okay. Um, for a grand total of $43,521. Okay. Um, and they've got... Like I said, it's a total of eight, and the interest rates vary. Uh, she's got a couple at 3.4%, one at 3.8%, uh, one at 5.84%, and then one at 6.21%, and a couple at 68 So all of them vary, and the amounts vary. One's a $10,000 loan, she's got a $2,000 loan, and anywhere in between those uh, amounts. Okay. So when you're looking at it, you're like, should I refinance? Should I not? Should I consolidate? And one of the things, even if you did decide to consolidate, like I said, it's based on your credit. So they they advertise anywhere from 2.9% all the way up to like five, six, uh, just depending on your credit score. Mm-hmm. And they do have variable interest rates and they have fixed interest rates. Um, we would suggest fix just because you never know what's going to happen with variable. That's true. But if you decided to go with the fix, so I took out all the loans that were in the 3% range because even though one of them might be in within it, Mm -hmm. um, most of them you probably just want to consolidate or refinance the higher interest rate ones. So when we took out the Uh, 3.4 and the 3.8 interest rate, her total went from 43,000 to 31,800. So that was based on six six loans you said? Yeah. Okay. So that brought it down from 8 to actually 5. Okay. So now if we were to decide to refinance those five loans, uh you've got different options like I was saying, a 10-year, a 7-year and a 5-year. So if she decided to do a 10-year refinance and if she had really good credit um on SoFi they advertise a 4.375 interest rate. Okay. So if she would do that and pay it off in 10 years, she would save $3,379. Wow. So, you know, it's still something you're saving. Now, is it worth giving up those, you know, federal government programs? Maybe, maybe not. You know, you kind of have to look at it um, with your own situation and see if it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Now, if she was able to bring it down to five years, which would probably make her payments twice as much mm-hmm. as she is now, which if it's doable, you'd be able to get a 3.3% interest rate and you'd be saving about $8,125, which is almost a third of the interest or the whole loan amount for those five loans. <laughs> so that one, you know, will she be able to make double the payments? I don't know. I don't know the situation. But if she would be, she could save a lot of money doing it that way. That is true. So, again, it comes down to everybody's individual lives and decisions. I don't know if, you know, you've got, you know, 
emergency backup, like we suggest, or if she's investing in her 401k or, you know, it comes down to a lot of different options that you got to look at and see if it's worth it or not for you. But those were just a couple examples. During the research, I went to a couple websites and there's all kinds of retirement or not retirement student loan calculators that you can do to find, you know, your weighted interest rate if you were to consolidate or if you were trying to refinance how much your payment would be. Just a lot of different tools that you can look at and kind of do math with your uh, student debt and you can kind of decide where you want to go or maybe you decide, you know, consolidating, maybe not the way to go and you don't want to refinance. So then now what? What do I do, Cougar? I guess option three. <laughs> Just pay it. And uh, that's pretty much done by two methods. Uh, you probably heard about, I don't know, we're not inventing any of those. No. Uh, one's pretty much the, the debt avalanche approach. And then the other one is the debt snowball approach. You want to tell them a little about, about <laughs> do you want to tell them a little bit about the debt avalanche? Yeah, but before we get into that, I know you read his book, I believe, and followed some of his steps. Who created the debt snowball and the debt avalanche? First time I heard about it was through uh, Dave Ramsey. I'm a real big fan of his. Uh, I think that was the first kind of step I took in the world of like just being better on my finances. So when I graduated uh, college man, three years ago or so, I kind of financed my education, but not through student loans. I put all of it on credit cards. No. Genius move, I know. I know it hurts me still. But what ended up happening was I had about 10K in, uh, in debt, in student debt through credit card. And then I had a bunch of uh, like retail cards because aside from, you know, going to class, I also had to be the freshest in class. <laughs> you can't see me, listeners, but I'm shaking my head. <laughs> so uh, I think I mean, but they weren't too, you know, outrageous in their amounts, but they were still, you know, other debts that I had to pay. So what ended up happening is Dave Ramsey, he's a real big proponent of the debt snowball, which basically you list your debts by amount. And you just start, you start attacking the one with the lowest amount, regardless of the interest rates. Just go for the one with the lowest amount. And you're paying like the minimum on the other ones. And you're just throwing every single available dollar that you have at this lower, you know, this lowest debt that you have. And you just keep doing that until you knock it out. And so some people might be like and we'll discuss more in detail when you talk about the debt avalanche but some people are like hey those those interest rates matter yes they do right um because theoretically if you tackle the one with the highest amount or the highest interest rate that may or may not save you some money in the long run but 
the reason that Dave Ramsey is a proponent of the death snowball method and the reason I liked it was because you're going for like that psychological win. So once I knocked that debt out, I was like, oh, wow, this is possible. I'm ridding my debt and I see it. Instead of paying three bills, I now only have two. And then you just repeat the process. And so I started talking, attacking the next debt. And I got rid of that. And then I only had one. And what you're doing is those, that same like dollar amount you were throwing at the lowest debt. Once it's out of the way, you don't modify your dollar amount. You throw whatever you had with whatever you're throwing at that debt A, let's say. Debt A is no longer there. You're throwing that plus any extra to debt B. I think that's a very important thing you just mentioned because I think a lot of people would be like, oh, yeah, now I don't have to pay that. Now I have breathing room. Let me go. I got an extra $100 a month or 200 whatever it was. And no, no, <laughs> don't do that. You know, definitely give yourself a pat on the back. Maybe order a pizza. Don't go buy bottle service at the club and congratulate yourself, you know. <laughs> Um, not, not a supreme pizza, you know, pepperoni cheese. Yeah, a little $5.99 deal. Um, so, and then what you start doing is one, once debt B is out of the way, you're taking those amounts that you were throwing at debt A and debt B, and you're throwing it at debt C. Hence the snowball analogy, right? Because it's, it's growing, the amount that you're throwing at it. And then I just kept doing that, and I think in a matter of four months, I got rid of my my 10K. Congrats. Thank you. It's not easy, right? And I think that's something that I need to reiterate to the listeners. It's not easy regardless of, you know, what profession you have. Um, I'm an engineer, so some people might see that. It's like, oh, no wonder, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, I, there were definitely sacrifices that were made. So I mean, and I think you also got to, it was like a conscious decision that you made that this is what you want to do. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to attack my debt. And that's how you got to do it. Cause it's not like you can just, Oh yeah, I'm just going to, you know, this month, even if you don't track your expenses, you're just like, Oh, I got an extra $25 this month. Let me throw it in, you know, my student debt. You like have to make a conscious decision that, you know, I'm going to pay this amount, you know, I'll pay my minimum on C minimum B I'm just going to throw whatever I can save in debt A and just keep going at it. And that that's a very good point. I mean, I vividly remember people telling me, hey, you know, we're going out for so-and-so's birthday. And I'll be like, uh, no, I can't go. Or well, why not? And, he, you know, some, some of those friends, I'm not going to, I'm not proud of it. I lied to them because <laughs> no one wants to hear like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, pay off my debt. So work with me. No, they're going to be like, oh, that's lame. You know what it is? Yeah. So I'll be like, oh, I'm saving for a down payment. <laughs> on the house. <laughs> on the house. And hey, that's my go-to reason. If anybody asks, just tell them, I'm saving for a down payment on the house. And uh, trust me, they'll be like, oh, good for you. You know, we're leaving. So that's why you didn't go to my birthday, too. No. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's definitely a constant switch. Like, you you have to want to do it. And it's, it's going to suck. Uh, but... Um, Hey, it's it's possible. I got myself out of debt. 
millions of other people have gotten themselves out of debt. I mean, you read about these stories all the time. People with, you know, our example was 40, 40K in debt. And some people might look at that and be like, wow, that's a lot. There's people with 200, 300,000 in debt, and they're getting themselves out of debt. And it's not student loans, which, you know, obviously you don't want to have student loans, but they are usually lower interest rates. Compared to credit cards, yes. 24, 25, 26%. That could add up really, really quick. So that was how I used the debt snowball approach. Uh, To me, like I said, uh, I like the fact that it felt good. It felt great getting rid of that. You know, going from three bills down to two, from two bills down to one, uh, that was the biggest benefit. I mean, it was it was kind of like peace of mind. Yeah, maybe I spent a little bit more doing that approach, but that was the major benefit, that psychological win, which is totally different from the debt avalanche. Yes, which, and I understand both options that you have, and I would prefer the debt avalanche just because... I am a numbers person and I do see the value, but again, I could go, you know, with both. I understand both, but the debt avalanche is basically saying instead of going for the smallest amount, you go with the one with the highest interest. Cause like for you, maybe it wouldn't have made a difference cause it took you four months to pay it off. So maybe those mental wins helped out and helped you stay on track, but if you've got $40,000 in student debt and you know it's going to take you, you know, five, maybe 10 years, depending on how long you want to take to pay it off, you might want to go after the higher interest rate because within five, 10 years, obviously those are going to accrue more interest. So you're going to have to pay more. And in the long run, you're going to save time and money if you do the debt avalanche because you're knocking off the ones with the highest interest rate first. So, for example, with the one that we did earlier, the 6.8 interest rate that she has is $2,000.35. So, it's one of the smaller amounts. But then you go down to the 6%, uh, 6.2, she's got one at 9000 one at 7000 and then another one at 10000 And then all the 3% ones are like 2000 4000 and 5000 So if you went out with the smaller amounts, you're basically getting rid of all your lower interest rate ones. Um, so really, in the long run, you're going to pay more. And you could, depending on how long it takes you to pay it off, you could finish earlier and pay less in interest rate. By how much kind of depends on what the interest rates are, but it's just two different options. And I kind of, if I had to kind of describe it, it's kind of, with me, I'm, you know, I like working out and, you know, trying to eat healthy. I think everybody at this point has tried to lose weight um, in their lifetime, um, whether it's, you know, doing meal plans or working out or, you know, tracking your macros. I think if you're the kind of person that, you know, you look at the scale after week one and then look at the scale after week two and maybe you didn't lose any weight on the scale but your, you know, your clothes feel better, but you still, you know, that's not enough for you. Like you want to see that number on the scale go down mm-hmm. and then you might, you know, quit after that. You might, you know, maybe working out isn't worth it or maybe the meal plans isn't worth it. 
then I think the debt snowball is a better option. Because like you said, it gives you that, that feeling that, okay, got one debt out of the way. Now I got, you know, four more. All right, now, you know, we attack the second one. All right, that one's done. Now we only got three. If you go for the highest one, it could take you, you know, two, three years before you knock out that whole loan. So are you going to be able to keep doing it for two, three years, knowing that, yeah, the number's going down a little bit, but you're still making, you know, six, seven payments to all your different loans and you're doing it again and again and again. Eventually, you're just going to be like, oh, I'm going to have to pay this for the rest of my life. Let me just worry about other things and just pay my minimum and yeah, that's, screw it. That's a bad statement. So, I don't know. That's kind of the two different ways. Um, and if you look into, what's the book that you read from Dave Ramsey? Uh, I can't remember the title right off the top of my head, but he does, I think his general website. Okay, uh, has a lot of info on it. Has a, yeah, tons of infos and he lists out uh you know, tips on getting out of debt and just everything. So that's a great resource right there. I know. Um, and then just from our dealings with Instagram and me looking to find more people in the FI community, um, I ran into a lot of people that are in the debt-free community. And you can, you know, research that hashtag debt-free community or debt-free. And there's like a lot of people, not just student loans, but, you know, whatever debt they may have. And they've created like charts and different things that they can use to track, you know, their debt. And they even have it at the top, like how much debt they're trying to get rid of. And, you know, they all post different tips and things to help with getting through it. So if you're looking for a community, I do say go on Instagram and you'll, you'll be able to find a couple of people that are also, you know, trying to do the same thing. And sometimes that's just, just what you need. It's just that, you know, just to see, that other people have done it to just reiterate to yourself that you can do it too. I do like that book that you let me borrow. Uh, I will teach you how to be rich. Mm -hmm. He, the author does stay in that book. He mentions both of these approaches, the death snowball and the dead avalanche. And I think he says something that was profound. I think we need to kind of reiterate to our listeners too. He said that no matter what approach, think about it. And if you take more than five minutes thinking about it, you took too long. So in a sense, just kind of do it. Uh, you know, getting out of debt sucks. It's hard. You're going to have to make sacrifices. But I think the most important step is actually doing it, committing to it. So. Yeah, and that's with anything, whether it's, you know, investing or um, paying off debt. I mean, you just got to. Like I said, make that conscious decision that you're going to do it and just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. And eventually you'll be out of debt, student debt or any kind of debt. And then when that happens, buy bottle service at the club. <laughs> no. <laughs> you open an IRA. <laughs> you, now you've been paying all this into debt. Now you can put all this money into investing into yes. retirement because the beautiful thing is you got used to living without it and that's the main key is you know you can live without it obviously you might want to you know not sacrifice maybe you want to get the supreme pizza so <laughs> now you can order the supreme pizza but you're still putting money away 
That's Don't true. just go in and go get in some more debt and continue yeah. the rat race. <laughs> yeah, I think that pretty much covers the information that we wanted to share to our listeners that may have student debt uh, and just kind of reiterate to them that it is possible you can get out of it. Don't ever feel like you're alone. If you need any tips, please feel free to DM us. Uh, you can find us at Instagram at, at the Minority Reports Podcast. We'll be we'll feel happy to share any tips that we have. Also, the hashtag that the Aggie mentioned earlier. Uh, you find a good community of people that you know. Aside from just the general stuff you might find on Instagram, this is like a real positive side of it. It's people getting out of debt, people cheering other people on getting out of debt. So those are some good tidbits of info for you. Now we get into how we typically like to close out our podcast episodes with some people held as the greatest segment ever on all podcasts worldwide period the Aggies financial words of wisdom (sighs) (laughs) and I'm not the one that said it okay maybe it was the one that said that that is the greatest part of this whole podcast (laughs) but regardless since we have been talking about Dave Ramsey obviously it's only best that we use a quote from Mr. Dave Ramsey himself. So his quote for this podcast is, we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. We'd like to thank you for listening to today's episode. I am one of your hosts, the Cougar. And I'm the Aggie. Till next time.